Hello and welcome to the Doctrine and Coffee podcast. I'm your host, Sydney. Welcome to episode one of the podcast. I am so excited to be here and to be starting this podcast. I have been wanting to find a space to talk more about faith transitions, faith deconstruction, post-Mormon life, all of the things because at least for me, it is totally consuming all of my life anyways. And it's honestly very therapeutic for me to talk about different topics and most importantly, to hear other people's experiences, to hear from other women, other individuals about their experience deconstructing their experience in the church and how, how all that was, because I feel like every person that I've talked to who is in the process of leaving Mormonism or, or any other religion, um, or who has left everyone's story is so different. I feel like everyone leaves for different reasons. There are a lot of similarities as well, but I just find it fascinating to hear everyone's experience. So that is definitely for sure going to be a main part of the podcast is hearing from other people and hearing their, their experiences and their advice on what worked well, what didn't, what are, you know, the the best parts about leaving Mormonism, the worst parts and the hardest parts and and all the things. For me, finding safe spaces to talk about these questions and these new discoveries and these fears and the emotions, it is so difficult and so hard. Most of us grew up in Mormon circles where our friends are Mormon and believing, and that's a big part of your friendships a lot of the times, and you feel like it is very hard to talk about that with friends and family. So I remember I was out to dinner with uh, a few friends, and me and this other friend, we we leaned over and we like <laughs> were whispering to each other just like those intro questions to kind of gauge like, okay, like where are you? in all this? Like, are you a safe space that I can like continue asking? Like, what are your thoughts on this question? What are you like? How are you doing with this? And we're literally whispering. (laughs) We're like adults whispering about these things. Like we shouldn't be talking about them. Um, and you know, once you find those friendships, it's like a lifeline for you. You're able to like recognize that you're not insane. First of all, that this is a normal thing that happens and you're able to find someone who you can talk through everything. That, that's that been one of my main reasons I'm wanting to start the podcast, to provide another avenue for people to listen to other people's stories, to hear about um, other people's experiences, because for me, it was seriously just a lifeline to know that there were other people out there who had the same questions as me, or there were other people out there who um, had the same fears as me of leaving or are still going through some of the same things with different relationships in your life. And so, yeah, that is why we're doing this. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like those Facebook groups that you're able to really open up and be vulnerable, vulnerable on, or, you know, jumping on ex-Mormon TikTok or like I said, those conversations with friends that you're able to feel safe with, they're so meaningful and so important. So with all that being said, I want to spend um, this episode doing two things. One, telling you a little bit about my story and kind of my background in the Mormon church and my experience with the Mormon church, and then a little bit into um, my deconstruction and 
transitioning out and I, I, to be quite honest, I'm definitely still in the process of transitioning out. So I am not an expert in any way, (laughs) um, but I'm going through it. So, you know, here I am. (laughs) And the other thing I wanted to talk about on this first episode is kind of what to expect from the podcast, other episodes that we will be doing. Um, and yeah, and also ask for suggestions as well, things that you'd like to hear from. Um, I, I, do think in general, it's probably the deep feminist inside of me. This will be a mostly um, a, a space for women <laughs> to talk and, and genderqueer individuals as well um, to share their experience. Um, I, I feel like I've just relied so much on hearing women tell their stories. I think growing up in a patriarchal religion, I think most women feel that way when they're leaving of, you know, just needing to hear other women's voices to know that, like I said, they're not insane. You're not crazy. Um, all those thoughts you have are normal and there's a reason why for them. So yeah, I really want this to be a fun, safe place to just talk about it all. Um, I want to do some anonymous email subscriptions with some fun post-Mormon topics or just some like cringy stories from when we were Mormon to just kind of share and just like, you know, job or, you know, drop our jaw at like, oh my goodness, that happened to you or, you know, fun things like that. Um, and some first in your post-Mormon world, I know that I can't be the only one who screwed up ordering coffee for the first time and I still get anxious right before and I still spent like 15 minutes Googling what type of drink is what at a restaurant I'm going to and, you know, all the things. Um, and then I also want to do some deeper topics that will provide advice and solidarity solidarity to listeners. I, I do want to do a lot of these um, through anonymous email sub, sub, subscription is not the word, submissions, because I know that it's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, and a lot of like anonymity, wow, my words today, um, is really important and needs to be respected in this space. So we'll do some of those. And then I really am excited to have other guests on the podcast. I love to feature you if you're interested to tell a little bit about your experience with deconstructing from the Mormon church and transitioning and, you know, what the best parts about leaving the church are, what are the hardest parts and yeah, just like asking, asking for advice for our listeners. So I'm really excited about that. And like I said before, probably it's, it's honestly just therapeutic to hear other people's experiences. So that is going to be a big part of it. One thing my, um, my current therapist has said so many times that has been so helpful. She's like helped me through majority of my faith transition. And I highly recommend getting individual therapy (laughs) as you're in this process. But she said that talking to close friends who are safe about your faith transition is so similar to group therapy, the effects of it. And I totally agree. I feel like, you know, having a deep conversation with a friend about all these things is like just so needed and helpful. And so I hope that's what this podcast can be. I really want it to be a safe space. Um, and I would love to hear other things that you would like to be talked about on here. Uh, any other suggestions you have, I would love to hear it. Um, okay. So jumping in to a little bit about me, um, I will probably share snippets of other parts of my story in other episodes, but I wanted to kind of give you, 
a general idea of my background and my deconstruction and yeah, just kind of the last couple of years leading up to me being where I am now. So I was pretty much raised in the church. My mom joined the church when I was like two years old. So um, I was pretty much raised in the church. I was super, super into <laughs> church in middle school and high school, especially when, or especially for my freshman year in high school. I remember that was when a lot of my friends, you know, they started drinking and they started, you know, doing all sorts of normal high school things. I realized that I needed to like stay strong in my faith because I had different goals than them and I needed to be an example. And, and I was, I think there were two Mormons in my high school. I was the only one in my grade though. So there was that very strong pressure to be an example of the believers and to, you know, share the gospel with your friends. And so I really <laughs> leaned into that. I pretty much lost all of my friends in high school. Nothing that they did, really just me. I just realized I wanted to be around only good people. So I, <laughs> and I didn't have any Mormons in my school and it was really hard to connect with other kids in my ward and my state because I didn't go to the same school. So I really was just like, I mean, I was depressed in high school. I had no friends. I, I don't say no friends. I had some friends, but um, I gave up so much in high school to be a good Mormon. I remember I was in theater and I quit theater because of, you know, they would say a swear word in the scenes or there would be a sex scene or people would be swearing backstage and I just felt like it wasn't the right environment. And they did rehearsals on Sunday, which was a big deal, you know? Um, so, I mean, obviously that's something I am going through <laughs> right now in my deconstruction of realizing that so much of my childhood was taken away because I was trying to be a good Mormon. Um, I was, you know, always wore modest clothes, always wore the one piece swimsuit and um, would for sure judge people who wore a bikini without a doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe you guys can relate or maybe I was just extra judgmental. Um, but pretty much the school year was miserable. Like I would just like come home, hang out at home, like try to get through school, etc. And then the summer times I was so happy because I could choose what I wanted to do for the summer. And I would always choose it doing Mormon things. So I would go to EFY and girls camp and I saved up every year to go on HEFY, which is like a humanitarian EFY. And another year I saved up to go on a church history tour. That was my freshman summer. Um, and those were just like the highlights of my summer. Just like the spiritual highs, meeting other Mormons and be having other Mormon friends that I was close with. I was like, this is the life. This is the dream. So of course I wanted to go to BYU. Um... I told myself I was only going to apply to BYU, and if I didn't get in, I was just going to go on a mission. <laughs> so, which looking back, I'm like, that was not the not the smartest move. Luckily, it did work out, so I got into BYU. Went to BYU for my first year. Loved it. So fun. Um, at the end of the year, I put my mission papers, or in the midway in January, I put my mission papers in. I got my mission call, and I got called to Independence, Missouri um, left in May. I was stoked about the mission because I had went on a church history tour and I loved church history, 
loved church history. (laughs) So I was called to, um, yeah, like I said, independence. I worked in the visitor centers and the independence visitor center and the historic Liberty jail. Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, talked about Joseph Smith and there was a, you know, that whole area has so much church history. So most of the people we taught were RLDS or had a background in RLDS. They definitely knew the Book of Mormon, which was very different. So, um, yeah, I could talk about mission forever. (laughs) Um, I came home from my mission. I got married a couple of years later and then this is like, just like boring, normal Mormon stuff. So we're going to skip a few years. Um, and then early 2020, I got pregnant and, you know, 2020, we all had a break from church and the past couple of years, probably from 2018, I mean, really even on my mission, there were a lot of questions that I always had. I always, you know, had a question about gay marriage. Like, I didn't totally understand why, but I just took the very privileged response of, well, I don't have to worry about it, so I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to say, but I, I just didn't really have a stance on it. I was just so confused by it. Um, feminism was another thing that really bothered me. I mean, I grew up with my mom, who she was the main provider for our family, and She had a strong, like she instilled into us from day one that education is very important and having a career is very important. Um, So I, I was grateful for that because I got all the, you know, go to school, get married, become a mom from church drilled into me. That's definitely what I wanted. Um, But I also really wanted to have a career and, you know, I I really believed in equality. Call me crazy, but (laughs) um So anyways, like during 2020, I just like had a lot of time to think like we all did. And I was serving in Young Women's at the time. And I remember even in Young Women's, I was like, I just want to be like a different voice in there. Like when we're talking about, um, you you know, our futures, I want to say, or you can get a career. And when we're talking about the family proclamation, I want to say like, like game, I, I I don't know. I can't remember what exactly I said in those lessons, but I, I feel like I was always kind of like trying to push a little bit, you know, like there is a different view or what do you think about this? And I always, I remember like every single lesson I taught in young women's, I was always like, it's good to question. Questions are good. Don't be afraid of questions. Like questions are good. <laughs> um, little did I know where that would lead me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember in the summer of 2020, I really started to have a lot of questions. Um, I remember opening up to quite a few of my my sisters, different ways and different things. And, you know, I was just like, no, you don't have to worry. Like, I'm not going to leave the church. But, you know, I have all these questions. I have all these doubts, you know. Um, I'm like getting shaky talking about this just because I haven't really um, talked about like my full story, definitely not in public, but, um, yeah, I feel like every person I tried to talk to about it in my family and in my close friends, I remember I went to lunch with a couple friends, um, from, you know, my mission and EFY or whatever, however I met them, but up here in Utah and, you know, I, a a lot of us had the same questions and so that was comforting, but I feel like the questions would get get shut down of like, well, I just have to have faith, like God will work it out or, 
or whatever, you know, or, or there would be a mention of like, oh, like so-and-so left the church and this happened or something. And so it's like, okay, well, that's not a safe space to talk about this. Um, so, so I, all, all this to say most of my deconstruction was personal, was internal. (laughs) I had one friend who we were going through all the same time. Um, we like opened up to each other and we're like, oh my gosh, we have all the same questions. We have all the same doubts. Like, what do we do about this? (laughs) Um, so women in the church was a big part of my deconstruction, Um, I was super into the idea of heavenly mother and I really was trying to be that nuanced Mormon who, you know, just really had a strong connection to heavenly mother. And especially being pregnant at that time, I was like really trying to like grasp at that connection, but I didn't even know if that connection was allowed. I didn't even know if I was allowed to pray to heavenly mother. And like the more I looked into it, I was just like, if she exists, why are we treating her? like she's invisible. And I was getting super frustrated by that. I was like, if she exists and she loves us, she wants to hear from us. Like, why are we not being told that? Why is that not being taught? Why is that not being practiced in church? And so that was very frustrating for me. Um, I remember later in the year, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And I, I mean, I, I, if you haven't seen the movie on the basis of sex, you need to go watch that movie. Um, I'd seen that movie a couple of years ago and I was like, man, love this woman. She's amazing. And then she passed away and all these quotes are getting resurfed on surface on social media. And the quote that kept sticking in my mind was women belong in all places where decisions are being made. And I just like, couldn't get that quote out of my mind. I was like, women are not in most places that decisions are being made in the church. And especially not as you go up higher in the leadership. And that just didn't seem right to me. (laughs) Like at all. I was I just, like I said, I just kept thinking about it. Um, I had my baby in November, kind of was obviously busy with having a newborn and figuring all that out. I had been released from Young Woman's a couple months before I had a baby so that I could have a baby. That, that was why I was released, so that my new calling would be to be a mother, which was a little infuriating, but <laughs> it's fine. We're all good. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, so, you know, the beginning of 2021, I feel like I was definitely in postpartum depression a little bit. Um, it was just kind of like in a low point in general. I had all these questions, all these doubts, not much I could do to talk about it. Um, I had stopped wearing my garments after I had my baby, um, just because of postpartum reasons. I was like pumping. I was like, I can't, I cannot do this extra layer of clothes. I just couldn't do it. Um, and I was like, you know, I need to, I need to get into therapy. I was like, I don't know if it's postpartum or faith stuff or, or what it is, but I need to get into therapy. And honestly, most of it was faith stuff. So I, I saw this therapist who wasn't Mormon. Um, she'd never been Mormon and I had a couple sessions with her and the second or I don't know, like third or fourth session, she told me to write two letters one letter to my future self who was a believing member if I went that route and the other letter to my future self as if I left the church because I was obviously telling her like I can't decide I don't know what to do I can't decide like it's just stressing me out and I don't know what to do and so I wrote these two letters and after I wrote those letters it was 
so clear to me. I mean, still it was a hard decision to make, but it was so much more clear to me of what I needed to do. I realized one, that I didn't need to have a reason to leave the church, but two, the me, like the future self me who had left, like in my mind, I don't know, like she just seemed like so much happier and um, just like living a really good life where my future self that was, okay, so living a good life, like in that letter I wrote like, something along the lines of like, it's going to be a really tough couple of years (laughs) leaving the church, but like, you will be so much stronger after you'll be raising your kids, like the way you feel that they should be raised. Um, and then the other one was just like, you're going to have to deconstruct every Sunday school lesson your kids have, and it's gonna be really hard. And, um, you might just have to fake it because you, you don't really believe it right now. So you're just going to fake it. And I just like, couldn't see myself doing that. And especially once, and the other thing my therapist kept stressing was that like life is fluid. Just because you believe something a while ago doesn't mean you need to believe that your whole life. Like we are human beings. We're supposed to change. We do change. That's part of life. So even if this isn't something you had in your plan, that's okay. Like most of us didn't do the career that we said we were going to do when we were five years old. And that's okay because we're evolving and changing and that's good. Um, So... Yeah, I, I forgot to mention, the uh, like, another huge thing for me was, especially while, when I was pregnant, was LGBTQ issues. Um, I was just like, you know, okay, so I may not identify as LGBTQ, but, like, what if my kid does? Like, I don't know, I just kept reading so many stories of people who grew up Mormon in the LGBT community, and, like... I just didn't want my kid to go through that. Obviously, you can't predict that when your baby is born, what, you know, sexuality or gender identity they're going to have. And so I feel like that was where most of my turmoil came after I had my kid was like, I love this kid so much. I can't like in good faith raise them to think this way. And so I could like, yeah, deconstruct every Sunday school lesson to let them know like, hey, we don't believe that. Hey, we don't believe that. Um, But I know me as a teen, I, I mean, I loved my mom and I loved all the lessons she taught me, but w- what mattered more to me was what the church taught me. Like that, like my parenting came from the church because it was like from God. So it was like, it doesn't like, I don't know, you just can't predict it. And I, I didn't want to take that risk. And so I wanted to know, like, you know, no matter who his family is or whatever, like he'll know that he has a mom who loves him and accepts him no matter what, like, no matter what, I just, yeah, like, that, that was, it was, yeah, that was a big part, once I had my kid, I was like, this is not okay, you know, I remember I had a, a conversation with my mom in her kitchen, and the sister missionaries were over, because they were living with them at the time, and I was over, <laughs> I think it was, like, during conference, like, that week, I was like, I was just getting so mad, I was like, you know, my, my baby's going to be fine as long as (laughs) he is a heterosexual male. But if he's anything else, like he's going to have trauma and like, I will be responsible for that. And so anyways, this is getting rambly. So anyways, I wrote those letters from my therapist and I really was like, okay, like I, this is the decision I want to make. I don't need to have reasons for it. This is what I'm doing. Um, I had, a lot of hard conversations with a lot of people. Um, 
I I had kind of kept my husband up to date on a few things like, hey, I'm really questioning this or hey, like this doesn't make sense to me. So he had been at, kind of in, in the know of it for a while. Um, but again, like I didn't want to ruin anyone else's faith. So, so much of it I kept to myself and still like, unless I know where someone's in their, in their faith, I really don't tell them much because I don't want to do this to them. <laughs> it was like the hardest thing deconstructing. And so anyways, had a lot of hard conversations. Um, and once I decided I wanted to leave and we can get into all that later because I know we'll have um, a quite quite a few people who have lots of stories to tell regarding that um, about mixed faith marriages, about deconstructing with your spouse, about, um, you know, telling your Mormon family members and all that. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so that that was like May of 2021. So I'm still very new (laughs) in all this and I am still navigating so much, but I feel like, first of all, I feel like it gets easier every month. You know, there are like hard times, but I feel like the hardest is like right when you decide and having to tell people if you choose to, I don't think you need to tell people. Um, But if that's what you feel like you need to do, I feel like that is, at least for me, that was an extremely hard part. Um... Because then you're dealing with how other people react and, and their um, their reactions and stuff, which um, are tricky. So anyways, I think I have told you plenty more of my story than you needed to hear. But like I said, I'm super excited for this podcast. I'm really excited to get into other episodes talking about, um, well, in, interviewing other people and hearing their stories, hearing what happened and what worked and advice. And like I said, I feel like those first couple conversations that I had with friends about this were so therapeutic and so healing. And I want to give an opportunity for other people to share their stories as a way, as a therapeutic way for them to kind of process their story as well as help others. And we can all listen and learn and grow together and have fun. Like I said, I'm really excited for um, our deep dive topics too. Some fun ones, some deep ones, kind of just all over. Yeah, I cannot wait. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Doctrine and Coffee podcast. I will see you next time. Bye.